0: This is Dr. Jose Saldivar with another episode of the Way to College podcast. Every week, I'm blessed to have some amazing guests, and this week is no different. This week, um, one of my guests is actually someone I went to high school with, and uh, he's doing some really cool and really amazing things, but I'm going to let him introduce himself and and tell you a little bit more about what he does, and then we'll get started into his educational and professional journey. So, Leo, do you want to take it away?
1: Sure. Dr. Saldivar, thank you for having me. Uh, so my name is Leo Lozano. I reside in McAllen, Texas, um, originally from Edcouch, Texas. That's where I grew up. Grew up in a family of four. Uh, my father, uh, he was originally from La Villa. His family actually had a the first grocery store in the town of La Villa. Uh, that store closed down, you know, in the mid 80s. I remember when I was a young kid. Um, him and his brothers also, you know, had a little small chain of convenience stores, you know, while I was growing up, but mainly his, his job was working for the state um, with what was formerly known as Texas employment commission. He was there for several, uh, I think approximately 30 years. Um, And then in the late nineties became privatized, became Work work workforce solutions and he retired shortly after that. He's also held, um, you know, other civic duties uh, such as, you know, school board. He was in the little league, uh, uh, administration and other organizations as well. Uh, my mother grew up uh, from in, in Elsa, but she was a migrant farm worker. Uh, she went on to um, get her bachelor's and master's degree. She's been in, uh, she was in the education field for uh, many years. She started as a teacher. She went on to become an elementary school principal. And then after she retired, she uh, had her own business for a little while. For a few years, she was doing educational consulting. Uh, and then I have my older sister, Vicky. She resides in Wesco as well, um, and she um, works at Wesco School District. For myself, I graduated from Chelsea High School in 1998. I went on to get a bachelor's and master's degree from the school formerly known as University of Texas Pan-American. Um, now I work as an occupational therapist and a certified personal trainer. So that's uh, that's me in a nutshell. So... You
0: know, thank you. Thank you, Leo. Um, You know, one thing that I I would like to ask is you took us through and very quickly kind of, you know, talked about your family talked about, you know, at least your educational background. But let me ask you, mom and dad, mom and dad seem very accomplished. Um, Sounds like they they really stressed education for you. Um, Growing up, early on, was that the case? Did they always, did they encourage you to, to, to focus on your studies? And, and what was that like? What was education like for you at an early, early I mean, age?
1: It, absolutely. I mean, my mother was a, a principal, you know, so, uh, there was no gain around that. And my dad, of course, he's, you know, full of integrity. He's, you know, that hundred percent integrity always. And he always, uh, but he was the type of person that just said, you know, just work hard. That that's all I want you to do work hard, you know, uh, shoot a straight arrow. That's all he wanted. Uh, my mother, she said, no, you you know, education is key, uh, her advice. And, um, I'll always remember it all the time. And I reminder it was, uh, education is something that nobody can ever take away from you. And, you know, those are strong words because it's true. You know, things can be taken away from you, but if you're educated, you know that, that's not going away. And so that meant a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I stuck with that and I did as much as I could as far as, you know, education.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So let me ask you, you know, early on, well, let's go back to, to high school, you know, high school, 16, 17, 18 year old Leo Lozano. What was it that you wanted to do? You know, look, if you, if you were looking down the road, you had a crystal ball, what, what kind of job, what kind of career, I mean, what were you aspiring for?
1: Um, well, the path to where I'm at right now is actually it's it uh wasn't very straightforward. Um as a kid, I was um fascinated with aviation. You know, I would always ask my dad to take me to air shows, which he did, and I appreciate him for that. Uh I was always building airplane models. Um I was fascinated with uh people like Neil Armstrong and Chuck Yeager, and um I would even my favorite movies were iron eagle and uh, the right stuff you know those two, i mean i had them on vhs and i saw them over and over and over so i was always fascinated with it. and of course i was the star trek guy and you know star wars you know space all that stuff so i loved it so as from you know my dream as a kid was always to become a pilot that's what i wanted to do become a pilot so um my freshman, sophomore year, you know, when you start thinking about college and what we're going to do, all this stuff, um, I looked into the Air Force Academy. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, something that I uh, I was really starting to get serious about. And I knew it was uh, a huge, I mean, uh, going to be a huge challenge just to get in Yeah, and finish there. You know, um, so I did what I could. You know, I, you know, I was... I wasn't the brightest student uh, at all, but I I wasn't the unroll. I mean, I had I had good grades. Uh, I played sports, which you know the academies usually appreciate. They want you to excel in sports. They want you to be, you know, they 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 like team captains, stuff like that. Um so my junior year, um, I I applied, I did, you know, I did interviews. Um, I had to do a physical test, which my one of the assistant uh, football coaches helped me with. You know, it was stuff like uh, pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, mile runs, shuttle runs, stuff like that. Um, and I submitted everything, everything I could. Um, senior year, I, you know, I just, I was going with it. I didn't know what was going to happen with that. Uh, so I applied to, you know, schools around Texas, uh, Texas A&M, University of Texas in Austin, Baylor, um, and and UTPA, which you know, I figured UTPA is going to be like my you know safety net. You know, if anything else fails, I'm going to just you know, UTPA is going it's going to be. Um, so I I got some acceptance letters from you know Texas A uh, and M, Baylor, and and so I was you know debating between those, and lo and behold, I got a I got the letter in the mail from. Uh, the air force academy and
0: uh i was uh i was admitted let, let me ask you real quick i'm gonna cut you off real quick sorry
1: sure.
0: what was what was that like getting that letter knowing you know what you shared with us that you know you were always fascinated by aviation yeah you know and then to get that letter because i i know how tough it is to get into the air force academy
1: uh, it, it's pretty tough you know yeah you're right and uh, you, you need you need the congressman's approval or, or a state senator so i ruben you know i went to go visit him meet with him he asked me why i wanted to do it you know so i had his blessing um and just you know having the people around me supporting me and uh being there for me and everything i had gone through it to that point when i received that letter it was a big old package you know i, I mean it was just like you know tears flowing down like you know i couldn't believe it um uh, it was happening. Yeah. It was happening. So, uh, so that was it. Uh, you know, finished high school, graduate and, um, I had to, had to go, um, um late June, I believe, you know, my, uh, my parents took me over. We had a road trip to Colorado color. It's, uh, located in Colorado Springs. Beautiful, beautiful. I had never been, I had never seen a mountain before, no snow, nothing. Um, so it was uh it was beautiful. And as soon as I got there, you know, it was like uh <laughs> I'll always remember this. So my parents are walking me and some somebody comes and says, you know, uh, uh let me let me take your bag. I had a I had a big duffel bag with my clothes and you know belongings. And he said, Parents, this is it. You know, he's gone. So I walk with him, we turned the corner. And he gave me a canteen with a belt. And he said, go to that water buffalo and fill this canteen. He said, you're going to need it. And I said, well, "I was like, all right. And, you know, what's so, first of all, what's a water buffalo? <laughs> it's a truck with a big, uh, like, big barrel. Yeah, kind of like what they use in construction sites. Big barrel full of water. And so, you know, <laughs> I figured it out, poured me some water, went back. And uh, lo and behold, all my belongings were scattered on the, on the lawn. so that was my introduction uh quickly realized what i was getting into uh so yeah i had to go gather my stuff and uh and from then on uh it was like right away you know you're gonna run here you're gonna run there that's what the canteen was for because uh i had to do a lot of things wow so you know i was uh i was at the academy for um for almost a year, I didn't complete my my entire year mm-hmm. uh, but before I finish with that, I gotta kind of go back and I have to say something that i have uh not said you know quote unquote publicly before mm-hmm. and uh I have an anxiety disorder so um i've had I've had it since I was you know a kid, yeah. but i just uh I didn't know what it was yeah. So as a kid growing up, you know, and it wasn't just the basic worries, you know, worrying about this, worrying about that. It was full on um, rapid heartbeats, shortness of breath, sweaty, you know, um, just really awful, really awful feelings. Um, So, but as a kid, it was, it was part ignorance and um, part shame. So I just never said anything about it. Yeah. I never did anything about it. And I should have come back, but you know, you know, uh, (laughs) Hindsight is 2020, 20, you know, you, you can't yeah. change. So um I was able to, uh, you know, I, in high school, I was able to deal with it just on my own. Um, uh, but you know, the confidence was always low. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-esteem low, despite what I was portraying on the outside. Yeah, uh, on the inside, I was like, it, it was not good. Uh, no. And so I I was usually withdrawn. Um um, I really enjoyed being by myself, um, reading and doing things on my own. And, and I've always been an introvert like that because part, I mean, I guess that's just, you know, my personality, but also partly because of the anxiety. Yeah. Uh, so being at the Academy, as you can imagine for a person with an undiagnosed disorder, um, it was, it was really stressful. It was, it was, it was stressful. I mean, beyond belief, but I didn't want to give up. I I did not want to give up. Um, I wanted to fulfill my dreams, you know? Um, it was, it was just way too much. So, you know, the people that were there, uh, my classmates, uh, I never thought that I was good enough to be with them. I mean, you're talking about people. I mean, you know, you've been to Stanford, you know, same thing, these same type of people, these guys were, you know, uh, sports captains there were eagle scouts valedictorians i mean the best of the best and i didn't feel like i can i was up there with them i never felt that um and it's not true but you know that's what it was at the time so um the stress just became too much for me and um you know late in the spring semester um i really thought of i mean I, i hated to to do this but you know, I called my dad and I said, dad, I, I don't think I could do this anymore. And yeah. my dad being who, who he is, you know, he never pressuring. He said, um, mijo, just, you know, come home then, you know, yeah. just come home, gather yourself and there's other options for you. You know, there's other options. So, uh, that's what I did. That's what I did. So my dream of becoming a, uh, a pilot, um, you know, was you know <laughs> crash and burn, as you can say, <laughs> um you know, but truth be told, it was never gonna happen because the, this mental illness that i that I have was eventually gonna come out in flight school, you know, they test you for everything, they're not gonna put a person with an anxiety disorder in a fifty, mon- $50 million dollar jet you know that that's that's for sure it's not. <laughs> So, you know, he, but still, you know, I, I mean, I wanted to serve in some capacity and, you know, it failed. And um, so, you know, I came home and, uh, you know, went through the summer and I decided that I was going to fall back on uh, Baylor University mm-hmm. because um, I like, you know, I'd always thought about the uh, the health and, and, you know, science field, uh, physical therapy, something that had you know, kind of like because of, uh, since high school, you know, I had a couple injuries and so I received, you know, physical therapy. And I always thought, you know what, that's a, you know, pretty cool. It's a pretty cool field to go into. So I was already thinking about that by the time I was there. And, um, and I, I chose Baylor because of that, cause they have, you know, a really good, you know, health and science field. So I went there, um, and I was there for a couple of years And while I was there, I joined a uh, a club as an organization for uh, students that were, you know, interested in therapy and and the therapy rehab field, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of those, uh, one time we met, there was an occupational therapist that came by. And um, usually the the speakers were, you know, former alumni, you know. And so I remember her bringing like a, a prosthetic device and thinking like, wow, you know, that's, that's really, I didn't even know what occupational therapy was before I got to be honest with you. I I didn't know. Um, So I said, wow, that's, you know, that's really, really, really neat. And I started looking into programs, occupational therapy and uh, decided, you know, that that's, that's an option too, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy. So um, in the summers I would come, I would come back home and attend UTPA to take a, you know, a couple classes. And on the second summer that I was here, I went to go talk to the program chair for the occupational therapy program at UTP. And uh, I said, I'm interested, you know, Uh, and it was a bachelor's program at that time. And she said, well, uh, why, why don't you finish, you know, get your bachelor's and uh, come back to us because we're actually going to try and we're in our last class for, you know, right now we're going to transition to a master's degree because that's what your level is going to be like uh, uh, in a couple of years, you know, everybody else is going to be grandfathered in. So I said, okay, you know what? That, that sounds like a plan. And, uh, and so that, that summer I just decided, you know what uh, I'm just going to finish at UTPA and um, apply to the program there for the master's for the master's degree and, and hopefully get in. I finished, you know, yeah. I, uh, I needed to ground myself. Uh, I was, uh, I was in a better place obviously, but, but I, I still wasn't, uh, I still wasn't myself. I, I still didn't feel good. And that was the time when I uh finally got the diagnosis, you know, I had enough was enough because I still had these problems and, uh, went to go see my, my family doctor and, uh, we went from there.
0: How long? So, one, I appreciate you sharing that because I know, I, I imagine, like you said, it's the first time disclosing it publicly. Um, so I know that's not easy. Uh, and not all of us are, I, I don't know that everybody's comfortable, right? If you, um, if you experience anything like that or, or suffer from anything like that, um, to just come out and say it, I know, I know how difficult that is. So I appreciate that. You know, you talked about, you know, leaving the Air Force Academy and then enrolling in, at Baylor. Um, And you said you, you still weren't feeling yourself. Um, How much of it was just, was just like, like you said, just, you know, you talked about like disappointment and, you know, you had these other dreams that you, you know, you'd had for so long. Um, How much of it was, do you think the, the disorder and how much of it was it just knowing yourself? And it sounds like, you know, here's somebody who is competitive and does well. And feeling like, God, I, I, I have to give that up. Was it a combination of the two? Was it one or the other? Was it, what do you think it was?
1: It, 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 what, what part of the attending? Like,
0: the, like just afterwards, like did, how long did it take you to shake it off? Like, because, I, you know, it,
1: you with know, everyone. It,
0: through,
1: go it's ahead. Of, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, um, after 9-11 happened, um, I felt extreme extreme, you know, shame in myself because, um, because I didn't fulfill my, you know, uh, the service Academy, mm-hmm. and, you know, I had, um, uh, I kept in touch with a couple of uh, friends from there, you know, through email or through the back then we used like Yahoo messenger or something like that. Um, but after 9-11 things changed, you know, it was yeah. like they had something serious to do. And I was, yeah. you know, nobody. And I understood that. Um, but I also felt like, you know, I felt a lot of shame. I said, man, like, you know, what did I do? Like, I should be there. I should be serving this country. And, uh, and I'm not, and that really, really, really took a toll on me. Um, actually hadn't thought about that in a while since, you know, um, but yeah, that, that, um, that's what happened. And so, yeah, always, I was always part of, you know, um, having the, uh, an anxiety disorder is, uh, there's always regret and and not worrying about stuff, but regret. And, um, it's, you lose control. You lose control. You can't focus on anything because, um, you're studying, let's say for a test and, and you can't focus because of all these thoughts in the back of your head you know, regret or something that happened yesterday, or what's going to happen if I fail this test, you're just thinking about everything on the outside and not what needs to be done at the moment. And that's what's really hard. And, and, you know, knowing that now I'm able to use that because I see uh, some of my pediatric, you know, clients in in therapy and uh, right away, it's like, Oh, they have ADHD, right. Or ADD. And, and sometimes I, you know, I get to know them. And I tell the parents, you know what? It's it's not ADD. Your child has a form a form of anxiety. I think you know a yeah. get diagnosed from a you know from a physician. Um, but he does show symptoms of this. And you know, I never bring up my you know myself, my story. But yeah. you know, I use that therapeutic therapeutic use of self is what we call it. Um, you know, to analyze those things. And so. So yeah, you know, going back to that, you know, it was always in the it was always in the back of my mind. You know. Yeah. So it, it, it took me, I'm sorry. You know, as far as the regret, you know, that's one thing that I really, really had to let go of. You know, i the regret, uh, you know, it, it's a useless emotion. It, it really is. It, it serves no purpose at all. And um I have a, a painting here in my office actually, it's a World War One era a biplane. Um and in big bold letters, it says live without regrets, you know, and I see that every day because I need that. I need that. You you can't regret It's just, you know, you just got to move on.
0: I appreciate that. I think that's some great advice. And I, you know, I was going to ask you about, and we, we can get into it a little later, but just moving on, I think it, like just the whole, the, the whole concept of moving on, right. Whether it is, having to let go of a dream or, or, or not having success at something, you know, and, and I, with my work with students, right. I, I, I see it all the time. I see students that experience that, that have, that have, have trouble dealing with that, right. Just moving on, letting go, not regretting. And so I appreciate what you shared and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I want to go back. You were talking about, um, about the program. So you go and you talk to this professor, the, the, you know, the, the, the chair of the, of the program and they're transitioning to a master's degree. And so what was next for you? Was it just logical? Let me, let me get the master's.
1: Absolutely. I said, that's yeah. what I'm going to come towards. You know, I had, you know, always wanted to go into graduate school. I, you know, I was already thinking about that because um, um, either way, you know, if, if it was going to be physical therapy, that was already, you know, a master's degree as well. Um <laughs> Um, now it's a doctoral, you know, so it's always shifting. Um, so yeah, that was always, you know, going to be in the plan. Um, I didn't want to just settle for a bachelor's degree. I wanted to just keep moving forward. And, um, so yeah, it, it was a no brainer for me. You know, when I, when I finished, uh, um, when I received my bachelor's, I, I applied and right away That's some, you know, I, I got in and I was grateful and, uh, finished uh, a few years later.
0: Nice. So you, you know, you get done, you've got your bachelor's, you've got your master's. What
1: was next for you? Uh just getting to work. <laughs> it, had a, it had been a while, you know, it uh it, it it took me a while. And so I I just needed, I wanted to start working, wanted, to, you know. Um and actually somebody reached out to me and um and and asked me to uh or it talked about going to for physical therapy you know mm-hmm. and it was a uh it was a decision that you know you know wasn't too tough for me because i said no yeah. i i'm i'm done you know i uh, not necessarily burned out but you know i i just i want to start working i want to start doing what i was learning you know i had been so many places already you know didn't this and that i was just ready and so um, I began working, um, so, uh, my field work, you have to complete a six month field work rotation, right? Uh, to, in order to receive, uh, your degree, you mm-hmm. had to do that field work, uh, in occupational therapy. So I wanted to go to, uh, the Institute of Rehabilitation and Research in Houston, uh, for my field work. So I, I asked the instructor of the program who was in charge of student placement. I said, um, can you see if you can place me there um and uh she said yeah sure then, you know we've sent we've sent students there before yeah and, and this place you know um it, it's world renowned it, it's a neurological uh, rehab facility you know um a lot of famous people have been there they, they're just, it's just cutting edge and it's a research yeah. facility you know re- you know and finishing you know going through grad school, doing all that research stuff, you know, I I was, you know, I was fired up and I wanted that extra challenge. So, uh, I went there and, uh, I finished, uh, my rotation there. And so I came back, right. And I was fired up about what I learned, you know, I mean, dealing with the brain injuries and strokes and spinal cord injuries and using, you know, all these, um, this high tech equipment, and learning these new techniques, and I wanted to put that to use. Like as soon as I got here, so I applied to. Uh, there was an opening, quote uh, for, for uh, the Re- Rehabilitation Institute of McAllen. Uh, it no longer ex- exists anymore, but it was a part of South Texas Health System, and it was it was housed at the McAllen Medical Center. So I applied there, and uh, it just so happens that you know the director um, that was there. He was an interim director. You know, uh, he wasn't. You know, so. His interview with me was really vague, you know. He said, "You know, I'm a therapist. I, I don't really want to be in this position, but you know, they're they're trying to hire someone." She's like, "But yeah, you seem like a yeah, you you seem like a you know good candidate. Yeah, I think you'll be. I think you'll do well here. So you know, that was it was you know pretty much a breeze to to be there to get in. Um. So when I start working, you know, there's uh, they hire the new director. Uh, his name's Dan, Dan Torres, and he's still a really good friend of mine. And he said, Leo, uh, I gotta tell you something. He said, um, we have a contract with Easter seals and, uh, we have to fulfill that contract. So what I'm going to need for you to do is go out into, you know, out into the field and see these patients, uh, three times a week. And this is an early childhood intervention program, you yeah. know, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. I said, I said, that's not what I signed up for. You know, I, I'm here to work with uh, with the stroke patients and, you know, the brain injuries and, and do all this stuff. And he's like, I know, you know, I understand. But, he, you know, he's like, I just got here. My back's against the wall. He's like, you're the rookie. So it's your ter- it's your turn. Like, he's like, just give me six months, do it for six months. And then, you know, we'll I'll transition. You'll know, put somebody else there. And, man, I, I, didn't, I wasn't having it. I was like, what? Like, I can't believe this. Like, you know, to myself, I was just like. And then uh, one of my coworkers, you know, she was a mentor at the time. Um, I was telling her about it. And I said, and she had gone through it, too. She, you know, she went through it. And she grabbed me by the shoulders. And she said, don't be a blank. The other word for cat. And that i was like all right you know how's that for a mentor right yeah and so that's all she had to say i was like you know all right i'll do it and so i started doing it you know um going out to the colonias things like that you know i had never been been out there before um and different areas you know very desolate just i mean i went to one to one rancho out in, uh, close to San Isidro, you know, it took me about an hour and a half just to get there, you know, and, uh, little by little, you know, I was, uh, ac- accepting it and enjoying it. And, uh, there's this one, you know, I, I can clearly remember this. It was a defining moment. I went to uh, Star County. Um, I couldn't even find the, the home, you know, uh, I remember calling the caseworker. I got to the area, you know, we never used it. was funny because caseworkers never used actual uh, street directions because usually there was no street signs, yeah. or, you know, it was like, go to the Virgen de Guadalupe statue and you're going to take a ride. <laughs> you know, you're going to find this, this big nopal there. If it looks like this, yes, you're in the right direction. It was very it was like that, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, so I went to this uh, I went to this house and and uh, but it was it was a shack pretty much. It was, a, it was a small wooden shack. And I called the, the caseworker. I said, hey, uh, I can't find the house. I was like, there's only a shack here. And she says, that's the house. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, all right, well, let me get down. All right. So I went in and uh, it was a lady with her, her young son. He, had a, he was about six months old and he had a Down syndrome. And the floor, uh, dirt floors, you know, the dirt floors, they had, uh, you know, uh, a, a small mattress and just a makeshift table, you know, nothing more. And um, so I started doing my evaluation, asking her questions and, and checking out the baby and I asked her for, uh, for a for a toy rattle. I said, Do you have a rattle unit? I went to check the reflexes, visual tracking, stuff like that. And she brought me. She went, you know, walked to the table and brought back a spoon uh, you know, a spoon. And I wow. said, uh, yeah, I thought to myself, okay. <laughs> so I, I reached in my pocket and I grabbed my, my keys, my car keys. And, you know, I started, you know, doing what I needed to do with that. And so, you know, it was, it was over, you know, the evaluation was over and I went back to my, uh, went back to my vehicle and I put my, my hands in my head like this. And I just said, you know, I was thinking to myself, <clears throat> this is where you need to be. You know, you're serving a population that's forgotten about, you know, in a very, you know, rural area. Um, you're not up in the sky. <laughs> you're yeah. down here. You know, you're down here. And that's when that was a very, it was, a, like I said, a defining moment for me. Um, and that's when I started getting comfortable with what I was doing. Um, and I started enjoying that that part of my therapy a lot more so wow
0: man that's a that's a powerful moment that's that you know you talk about a defining moment absolutely so leo let me ask you you know you did that for a while tell us about what you're doing now what is it that you're doing now? Cause you're no longer working there. You know, you're not at the
1: hospital. Well, I, uh, I was, I spent a couple of years there. Uh, I moved on. Um, I started getting um, more involved with the pediatric side of, of rehabilitation. You know, I let go of the whole neural thing. <laughs> uh, really intrigued with, uh, with pediatric. And I think part of that, and I'm, it might sound selfish, but. Um. I was treating my younger self. You know, I ran into a lot of uh, children who, who had um, autistic disorders, anxiety disorders, ADHD, you know, low confidence, low self-esteem. And I wanted to, to be there for them. You know, I wanted to help them um, achieve as much as they could so i really really you know got um involved with that started working with pediatrics started volunteering a lot with different organizations uh now i i'm an, mostly an uh, i'm an independent provider um mm. i i have a, I do some contract work also with uh with different agencies and a, and a clinic and i see a mixture of, of pediatrics and adults you know from i always say i can see birth to 100 years old like it doesn't matter i want to do it all you know but um i think my specialty really is working with uh working with children Mm -hmm. wow i'm doing that and then on the side as well like i said before i'm also a certified personal trainer i got into that um about six six years ago i got my certification i went over to uh <clears throat> to the WWE Performance Center in Orlando and uh, the, you know got certified by a couple of instructors who I had always been following I've always been involved with with um, you know with weight training in the gym. I've always always loved that because uh it's uh, it's my sanctuary. you know uh, being in the gym is is my sanctuary. It doesn't matter what gym it is mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who is in there with me. Everything, it's just me and my confidence level is, is sky high, always. So I've always loved it. You know, there was a time when I kind of, you know, I kind of dropped it, you know, my mid-20s. But I picked it up again, and, and I love it. So um, these two gentlemen, uh, I would always follow, read their stuff on sites like um, T Nation, Elite FTS. And uh, and I wanted to get certified by them. And so I started following them. They sent me their materials. And I went over to that performance center. Uh, awesome. Amazing. This is where the rest up and coming wrestlers train. And uh, I learned. Uh, I was able to train other athletes there under watchful eye. And I got my certification. And uh, that's, so that's what I'm doing also on the side. I um, I train uh, both young athletes and, and adults. Wow. So,
0: you know, it it sounds like you know you're able to take care of people, like you said. You know, you tr- still treating young young patients, young clients, right? And also still making sure to take to take care of yourself, right, along the way as well. Um, the decision for you to go independent was that difficult for you
1: to start not, your own? No, not at all. And it actually uh, it came out of necessity, to be honest with you, because. Uh, After my second uh, daughter was born, you know, I had some real issues at the place that I was working at. Um, And I'm not going to get into that, but, you know, it just I didn't feel right anymore. Uh Uh, There was a lot of shifts in uh, in the administration and and they were asking things that weren't right of me. So um, I said, you know what, I'm going to leave and I'm going to do my own thing. (laughs) um, and I think that's what I needed to be honest with you. I needed that, that push, you know, yeah. just, just to be on my own. And, uh, and I love it now, you know, having my own schedule and and doing things, uh, on my own without anybody, you know, hovering over me is, is I love it.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Leo, you know, I,
0: one, thank you. Thank you again for, for sharing your journey because, you know, I, I know you, right. But I didn't know you. And I didn't really know, I didn't know any of this. I I mean, I knew the work that you were doing now, but to go from, you know, your high school experience and then all the way through and bring us through, I thought that that one, I appreciate that. Um, For what advice would you give young people who, who find themselves maybe with a similar experience, similar condition, um, who are struggling with, 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 with an anxiety disorder or just trying to find their way, what advice would you give them that was critical for your own success?
1: Um, first of all, they need to acknowledge what they have, you know, whether it's a, a mental illness, you know, an addiction or mm-hmm. even going through a, a tough uh, moment in life, you know, life mm-hmm. changes some tough ones out there. Uh, They need to acknowledge what's going on um, and seek professional help. Um, There's counselors, there's, you know, your doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, there's people out there uh, to help you. And, um, and it's not something to be afraid of, not something to be shameful of. In fact, once you get that part out of the way, things are going to be a lot, lot better for you you're going it's it's a big weight off your shoulders and nothing's better than that you know and the, as far as you know having your condition that's going to feel so good and it's going to help you move on um, you need the right tools there's plenty of tools out there whether it's you know a medical approach or a holistic approach Just, there's so many tools to help you succeed um, so that's one acknowledgment uh, two is um, shedding dead weight hmm. And what I mean by that is, and we hear this all the time, you know, uh, you know, don't, you know, don't hang out with, you know, the negative crowd or, you know, things like that. We hear it all the time, you know, it's, but it can't, it's most important for the individual that's going through something like this. If, you know, there's people out there that are envious of you or that criticize you all the time. And, you know, you you don't need that in your life and it's just, it's, it's not going to help you. So it's really important to, to shed that dead weight. I would Like to say, And you know, uh, social media is a big thing right now and, and uh, it, it can be hard for some people, you know, it can be hard um, with their confidence level, seeing other people's success and seeing other, you know, it's, it, it, it's you can't compare yourself to others. So yeah. don't rely on just what you see in social media because you're not going to, you're never going to see people's worst side on social media. Yeah. I would say that. You're always going to see the success and the glitz and glamor, but never when they had, you know, when they lost a job or when they, this happened and this happened, you know? So, you know, don't rely on social media so much. Um, my third a piece of advice would be to um, compliment people more. You know, um, a compliment to someone else is a compliment for yourself as well. (laughs) And um, that's a good step in developing the self-gratitude because that's what you need. That's what you need to be happy with yourself. You need to be comfortable in your own skin. So, you know, dish out the compliments (laughs) <laughs> make them genuine of course right yeah yeah but uh, but dish them out and it's gonna feel good and you know so yeah those are my uh, three points of advice I would give someone that's you know and you know struggling with that with some type of mental illness
0: <laughs> those are great pieces of advice um thank you and and yeah I um I totally agree. You know, I, I, um, you know, when we were trying to schedule this, you said you're not on social media very much and you don't don't check it often. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm on, I'm active on uh, on Instagram and and I have a Twitter, but I don't really tweet very often. Um, but I got off Facebook about two and a half years ago, just because it was so negative negative. and it was just like, it felt, it felt like a like a black hole where like you know if you spent too much time on there, it just sucked you in, it sucked you right in, and I. And so I just got, I just got rid of it. And, um, you know, my wife still teases me about it, but I was like, no, it's just, it was really negative and it just wasn't, it didn't put me in a good place. And, um, it's so, it was so out of my, even just me just taking me from me and who I am as a person. And I was like, I I just don't need it. And so, so I got rid of it. And so I appreciate your advice. Um,
1: and I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. I got rid of Facebook about six, seven years ago. And I never looked back, <laughs> you know, I knew it was just, it was, it was just not good, you know? And another thing is that, um, I, especially now having, having my, my girls, you know, I want to live in the moment a little bit more. And, uh, sometimes we lose ourselves in, in those things in the uh, social media, you know, by the time you know it, You know, an hour's gone by and uh, you've just been scrolling on your phone and your, you know, your child has been playing on her own. (laughs) So those things aren't, uh, you know, I want to, you know, I I work a lot right now and and the moments that I do have with them, I want to be there. Yeah. And uh, that's another, you know, negative side of the social media is that it, it can be very addicting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Leo, thank you. Thank you again so much for your time today. Um, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to resonate with our listeners. Uh, I'm sure there are folks out there that are going to be able to, to align themselves with your story. And so I appreciate you taking the time to, to not only, and not only share your story, but then to give them some, you know, those three points of advice that you shared, because I think that's important, right? You know, being able to acknowledge it, but then also being able to to get the help that they need, I think is, is, is going to be critical. Um, So I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: Pleasure being here. So this concludes another episode of the way to college podcast. Thank you to my guest today, Mr. Leo Lozano and um, you know, stay tuned for another episode and we will see you all next time. Thank you. And bye-bye. Bye.